Then outspake brave Horatius, the captain of the gate, to every man upon this earth, death cometh sooner or late. And how can a man die better than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his fathers and the temples of his gods? Lord Macaulay, you are listening to the Artaburn radio transmission. I love the story about the man in ancient Greece. He asked the Oracle of Delphi. He was the wisest man in all of Athens. And the Oracle said, it's Socrates. So the man went and told Socrates, I asked the Oracle, who's the wisest man in all of Athens? And uh, the Oracle said, it was you. And uh, Socrates says, this can't be. So he goes to all the leaders in the business world. He wants to find the wisest. So he talks to all the leaders in business. Then he goes into the politicians, all the political field, and he talks to all the politicians and he tries to find the wisest. And he talks to the poets and he talks to the playwrights. And then he finally figures out that the oracle was right because Socrates figured he was the wisest man in all of Athens because he knew he knew nothing, right? That's the beginning of wisdom is to know you don't know, right? So we're going to start start off this uh, return transmission with that story, with that premise. Uh, I am back. It's good to be back here in the wisewolfgoldandsilver.com studios. It's the 16th of June. 2023 the psyop is uh continuing <laughs> I, do, I don't have to worry about material uh we're inside the uh live action apocalypse ladies and gentlemen i have lots to go over of course i've got beans the brave in studio which means i can't have a, a bad show uh she's going to keep us safe from woodland creatures and bad vibes and uh overall security she may be doing some production for me on the uh on the back end here we'll see uh, but we're always broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, the new world order, the build back better, Biden, Beelzebub, Baphomet, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, Bankster Bunch. I threw in Bohemian Grove. I made sure to remember that before I went live today. So anyway, let's jump into some headlines. And about halfway through the show, I'll, I'll check on the Rockfin chat. It's been too long since I've done a live transmission. And I'm I, if you followed the podcast channel, I've been loading up paratruthers. I hope you guys are liking them. Uh, I've got a lot of great feedback so far. We've had uh, Don Jeffries uh, in the mix. We did a show on 1913. Uh, we have done a show, oh, Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, we did the Infinite Fringe Ship show, which is just us talking. I got uh, a really nice uh, text from Junkyard, one of my listeners and good friends today, that he so enjoyed the show. Um, so I'm going to continue cranking those out. So if you, you know, again, I, I said I would be back, uh, be more consistent. It's just been crazy with the traveling. All right, let's do, let's do some headlines and uh, let's see what what does Operation Mockingbird want me to talk about today? 
you know, you look at Drudge and uh, immediately when I look at the mainstream headlines and look at something like Drudge, I want to ask, okay, what is it that I really need to be paying attention to? And I know that ad nauseum Fox News and the uh, conservative talk radio stations, and I'm part of that, they want to talk about the indictments. They want to talk about the Department of Justice. And that's all corrupt, and that's Banana Republic stuff, and I get it, right? That's a huge story, but it's not the story. Uh, my prediction on all of this, and has been and will continue to be, that Trump will survive all of this. Uh, the, the Democrats, and I hate to spoil it, Republicans, but uh, the Democrats and the globalist left, they have absolute total control of every facet of government Every head of department of anything is controlled by a, a globalist Democrat. You know, Joe McCarthy, uh, when he went before, you know, the press in the early 1950s, and he said, I've got this list. There's 116 or whatever it was, names of people inside the State Department that are communists. And people thought, wow, that's extreme. Well, I, I literally could do that same thing today. I just print off whoever's in there. It's, it's really, uh, that's how far we've fallen, right? So it's completely captured by Democrat globalist leftists, whatever you want to make of that. They're ideologues for uh, the, the you know, World Economic Forum, Great Reset people, whatever, right? And because of that, they're playing some very sophisticated mind warfare, and they're moving the chess pieces around. This is my opinion. I don't, I mean, no one's, <laughs> no one's written me a letter from inside the uh, Lizard Base One to tell me that this is what's going on. But I'm telling you, they're triangulating to get Trump to be the nominee. They're, they're galvanizing his base because he was losing a certain amount of uh, momentum, funding, uh, support because of, because of the 2020 election deal, or the, the whole stop the steal thing, January 6th, uh, Operation Warp Speed. He was losing. You know, they raided Mar-a-Lago. His poll numbers went up. They noticed that. You know, I know it's a double standard, but it's always going to be a double standard. And they're seeing that they can, they're not going to mortally wound him. They just want him to be a martyr and they want him not to be able to break into the middle ground of those swing voters, you know, because that's all really what they, they care about. And it's all about perception. So there's going to be a selection in 2024 and it looks like Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. I don't know how else that, that they stop that. Uh, again, I think he'll survive this. He'll be the nominee and they'll put up whatever. Again, you know, you look at people don't understand demographics. So, you know, the writer Will Durant said that demography is destiny. If you look at the demographics, you're going to see the future. And so you're looking at the future of voting as California. That means that once you get a certain percent of demographics that go blue, vote blue or vote left, uh, it's in perpetuity. You know, when I was a kid, Texas was a, a blue state. And by the way, I have such loathing for those terms, blue and red. I mean, I, I can't believe that Republicans fall for this red thing. Like this was put on you. I think it was Dan Rather or one of the major pundits that changed the, the, the colors because they figured that, you know, they, the color of red is commies and socialism. They put it on the, the conservatives. And anyway, you, like, they fell for it. But, you know, it looks like a trend is happening. And it was, you know, you look at Texas back when I was a kid and it was blue and then it went red with George W. Bush and it stayed that way. But once something goes blue now, 
it doesn't ever go back, right? It stays blue in perpetuity, gets bluer and bluer, and you can't do any. It's like a, and that's what they want. They want a coast to coast California. They're literally uh, running out the clock with what they're doing on the southern border, with what they're doing with legal immigration. Uh, you know, the Republican Party has totally, the conservatives, they've totally just bought into um, everything that the multinational corporations and banking consortiums want with cheap labor. You have people like Lindsey Graham who always want more people. You know, uh, we got we to get more people over here. We got the, the, work, the workforce. You know, and so they have to continue to import people. And that's what they do. And the demographics change. And this is a long way around saying Trump won by 80,000 votes spread over four states in 2016, folks. 80,000 votes spread over four states. They have imported, uh, was what, since then, 5 million people legally, untold people, millions of people illegally. 80% of all new immigrants vote Democrat. I mean, these are the facts, right? And so the winning the middle ground, winning the swing votes is, and if we're even talking about real elections, which I don't really subscribe to anymore, I don't, I, I don't know, I have a hard time following politics, but I think all of this is a big distraction for what's actually happening. The, the biggest news in the world is not what's on the headline of Drudge, right? The biggest headlines in the world should be accelerating uh, conflict in Ukraine, uh, tensions with China, de-dollarization. These are massive historical shifts that would make anything going on in the U.S. with this, this political witch hunt and all that. And again, I, I agree that it's overblown and ridiculous, and Joe Biden did the same thing with the documents and all of that. But they want you to get invested in this emotionally, psychologically, they want you to focus on it. They want you to use this. They, they're they using it as a, as a misdirection for all of the big changes that are coming up, right? And I think this is going to only continue. These are my predictions as of today, <laughs> just, just so you know. Uh, I'm, And I didn't even want to talk politics, but it's so overwhelming. And the, this glaring evidence that they want you to be involved in this and invested in this, and I'm telling you not to be. Um, there are other things happening and we'll get into some of that today. Uh, let's look at zero hedge. There was a great article. I want to talk to you about this is, uh, this is going to be huge. And you talk about 2024 it's RFK junior. Now let's go over that. This interview he did with Rogan. And this is from Zero Hedge. It's from the, the uh, summit.news site. It says, watch, RFK Jr. says he must be careful the CIA doesn't assassinate him. Do you realize how, you, how much of a cultural shift we've been through? I mean, it used to be just on the fringe of everything if you were talking about government involvement, inside jobs, uh, the CIA coup d'etat in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, or the, was it June 1st, the assassination of RFK by Sirhan Sirhan in 1968? You were thought of as a kook. You're just on the outside of, of all things that are acceptable and normal, and uh, you should really get your head examined and you know, take off your tinfoil hat. Well, unfortunately, that's where all scholarship is. All of scholarship 
all of research, all of real work, you know where it leads back to, folks? It leads back to conspiracy. And if you don't see that there is a uh, hidden hand throughout history and the, the richest people and the most powerful people and those who have an agenda, if you, if you don't think they plan to shape the world in their own image, you are naive, right? It's, it's something I always thought there was keys missing to all the history that I read from court historians. All the things that were acceptable. I mean, they go out of their way to make sure that they don't talk to you about anything that's real because they don't want to lose their seats at the cocktail party with the administration. So you look at this, I mean, this interview with Rogan and you got this major, and I, don't, I know that the Biden administration, they, they keep whatever clone of Joe Biden are rolling out this week. They don't want, they don't want clone number one, two or three to have a debate with RFK. They're literally shutting down the debates now. Like they're saying, you, you, we're not going to have any kind of debate and uh, no, no, no primary. Just uh, we're just we'll just cryo cryogenically freeze Joe Biden and we'll unfreeze him here uh, in November of 24. Uh, so anyway, this is a discussion between Joe Rogan and presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He admitted that putting his life in danger in speaking out about the assassination of his uncle and his father, then he takes precautions to ensure the CIA doesn't kill him. Rogan asked RFK Jr. what he thought would happen if he managed to get into office, to which Kennedy replied, I got to be careful. Because I'm aware of that, you know, I'm aware of the danger. I don't live in fear of it all, but I'm not stupid about it, and I take precautions. Kennedy spoke about uh, Uncle JFK being at war with the military-industrial complex and asserted that the intelligence agencies were trying to trick him into launching military excursions into Cuba and Vietnam. Oh yeah, not just not just tricking him, but putting him on the line. Is anybody? That's another thing you never hear about. Operation Northwoods. There was a document that after uh, JFK, the movie from Oliver Stone came out, there was an outpouring of uh, uh, the public wanting more information, like wanting them to release documentation, and so they did release some. And one of the documents that came out out of this this dump. And I don't think they meant to put it in there was a little thing called Operation Northwoods and Operation Northwoods. This is back in the in like 1962. Right before the Cuban Missile Crisis, the entirety of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, ladies and gentlemen, they got together and decided they were going to fake uh, hijacking aircraft, uh, commercial aircraft, blow them up. Right with, and they were going to use drones and blow them up so they could be visible uh, in midair over over the off the coast of Florida. Uh, have multiple bombings, assassinations, all going on simultaneously. Fake attacks by Cuban nationals, basically just throwing it into the lap of Cuba and saying, "Look, all this terrorism is going on. We have to respond." Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That was signed off on by the entirety of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the only person to veto it was John Fitzgerald Kennedy. So do you think there's a reason why they blew his head off? Right? The man, if you have you ever sat down and listened and I I really wish you would. Go and listen to the entirety of the June 1963 speech to the American University that JFK did. It's beautiful rhetoric. It's a very well thought out proposal for peace. 
you know, he talks about how the, the Russians were human beings too. You know, we tend to demonize those who we are told are our enemy, that they're not human, that they're monsters. You know, there you always see the cartoons of, uh, it goes back to the Spanish American war where the, the Spaniards were this, you know, the uh, ape like brute, you know, smashing, you know, churches and, um, you know, just wreaking havoc. Right. Sport, the, 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 uh, cartoons of the Japanese were very, um, you know, anti-human, casting them in the light as being animals and things like that. So you have this history that's real, right? And now it's it, we're in 2023, and it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle because we just lived through and we are living through the greatest psychological operation in the history of mankind a coordinated worldwide global effort of governments against their own people. And you realize that, you know, that has awoken a, a major portion of people around the globe. And uh, somebody like RFK Jr., I think is a natural extension of what happened to us and how this is going to get mainstream. They're losing their grip. I think it's neat. I think it's neat to watch and it's not as fast as I would like to see the, the narrative implode. And we'll talk about what they could be doing to try to uh, do damage control or, you know, a miss a new misdirection, a new, <laughs> a new, uh, a new op to cover up the old op limited hangouts, all that stuff. That's always apparent. It says JFK learned early on that the purpose of the CIA and the intelligence apparatus was to create a constant pipeline of new wars for them, for the military industrial complex, Kennedy noted, adding that JFK was adamant that it's not the United States job to dictate what kind of governments other countries have. RFK continued in October of 1963, he heard that some of his green berets had been killed and he said, I want a total, uh, casualty list from Vietnam. His aide came in to him and said, 75 Americans have died. He said, that's too many. And he signed that day, a national security directive ordering all troops out of Vietnam. The first thousand over the next month. And then the rest beginning in 1965. And a month later he was killed. Do you also realize that the first thing that Lyndon Johnson did the first executive order that Lyndon Johnson signed was to undo that exact order and put the advisors back and up the troops into Vietnam. And just following that was the Gulf of Tonkin at the incident where there, you know, it's overwhelming evidence that we had a false flag. There was no attack, right? Fun fact, the uh, captain who was in charge of the boat and the Gulf of Tonkin incident was the father of Jim Morrison, head of the Doors. And then, of course, you think of the Doors as like the soundtrack to Vietnam. So it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's funny how that all flows together. But JFK or RFK Jr. is, uh, is I think, a, a great positive force in what's happening in our, our politics right now. I mean, if you want to look for a silver lining, there's a, there it is. Because it's bringing up these uncomfortable truths and things that we need to talk about that have been socially and societally un unacceptable. So the time I think is, is, is perfect. And uh, I, I pray that he is okay, that he doesn't get, I mean, the more that you shine a light on yourself, they'll get the media to try to trash him. They'll make, you know, it'll, it'll come down to silly, you know, uh, 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 adolescent 
type insults about his voice and and they'll, they'll run they'll run whatever i mean it, it'll be a constant barrage of negativity uh but i do think that he is something that uh i think he's a positive for something to to watch for that's really cool that he's talking about things that that I've wanted people to talk about for a long time, you know, because if you're really not paying attention to uh, the deep state, to the the shadow government that actually runs this country, then you really can't get to the root of the problem, right? And I think that's the whole point to keep us divided, to keep the left-right paradigm uh, running smooth. All right, we'll talk a little bit of gold and silver today too. Lots going on with de-dollarization. And uh, Jim Rickards had a story. We'll get to that. Uh, here in just a minute, uh, there was a uh, <laughs> there was a there was a a fact in 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 one actually a statistic in one of those articles that I want to talk about. I was supposed to talk yesterday on the David Knight show, and we had a, a a booking confusion, and I wasn't able to get on. I usually talk to David on Thursdays. I'll be back for sure this coming Thursday, but I was going to talk with uh, with David Knight about that, and so I've been. I've been chomping at the bit to bring this up because it was something that I hadn't, I really haven't realized um, about gold. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Let's look at the, uh, this was on Axios. And uh, at first glance, at first blush, it looks like you're, you're kind of winning the war on woke companies. Uh, but it really kind of, tracks back to what I've been saying for a while, which is um, ESG, environmental social governance, is just a fancy way for multinational uh, corporations and banking uh, combines and cartels and consortiums to fund communism uh, just in an updated way. And this Axios article says the financial toll of right-wing backlash, at least $28 billion in market value, change in the S&P 500, Kohl's, Anheuser-Busch, and Target stock prices. They're, they've taken a real hit, which is, also, which is fun, but let's drill down a little further. The social issues are creating a market downdraft for America's mainstay brands, such as Target. Anheuser-Busch, Kohl's, and their collective $28.7 billion loss in market value since the beginning of April. This is why it matters. Fiercely contested cultural issues have always aroused political passions and held sway over electoral politics. Yet corporate America is finding itself trapped between society's progressive impulses and the conservative backlash. Reactions and counteroffenses against all things woke mean companies can find themselves in the crosshairs anytime and they can't predict the fallout. Anheuser-Busch uh, is still feeling the reverberations of its April decision to engage transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Boycotts, boycotts have come at a cost of both in stock prices and beer sales. The controversy has shaved billions of its market capitalization amid a 20% swoon in its stock. It's since recovered, but it sits well below the 52-week high. Well, see, that's a very that's a, a very key point right there. It's since recovered. So they had this massive loss. And the conservative media will jump on that and say, well, you go woke, you go broke. Show me. Show me where they're broke, though. See, it's, the, it's fascism. The textbook of fascism is the merger of corporations and government. 
the government and policymakers, which really is, we are a wholly owned subsidiary of international banking. You know that, right? That's the Fed owns the government. Like that is the Fed. The Fed, the Fed isn't federal, but it owns the federal government. I mean, <laughs> Janet Yellen used to be head of the uh, uh, Federal Reserve Bank chairman. And now she is the head of the, the treasury of the United States. All right. So <laughs> it's a wholly owned subsidiary. These are policies carried out uh, by government. So the woke policies fo floating down through corporations, through something called environmental social governance. So e Elon Musk has spoke out on this. And of course, I'm not a don't don't put me in the camp of being you know, a huge Elon Musk fan. I'm just saying he he said something about it. He's talked about how it's poison. Well, of course it is. It's designed to be poison. They know what it is. It's carrying out social. Uh, it's it's a it's a social project, right? It's uh, social science, behavioral science being implemented on society through corporations. And the reason they don't go broke is because of their close ties to not only government but the central bank itself. And you look at things like BlackRock and Larry Fink. You and I've played that clip many times. And talked about it. He's like, so you have to force change. We can force change through our policies. These are the, again, this is what you need to watch. The data on this is interesting because they are hemorrhaging. And it proves my point. The point is they don't listen because they're not interested in profit. You got to get that through your head. That's why it's not about go woke, go broke, because nobody does. They just go back to the well. And they say, well, we still have Vanguard. We still have BlackRock. We still have all these things. We're, we're tied to all the 401ks and retirement accounts and everything else. And for us to get capitalized or bailed out, we have to sign on to environmental social governance. They put, they put the Fed and their access to cheap capital ahead of profit. This is not your grandfather's stock market. I was thinking recently about the last words of the writer Christopher Hitchens. And uh, I'm a fan. I've always, I, I didn't agree with his politics. I didn't agree with his atheism, but he was a smart man. And I thought he was a, I thought he was a good writer. And I thought he was uh, uh, very much a thoughtful person. So I, I, I celebrate his life because I like his old essays, but his last words when he's dying of uh, esophageal cancer in a hospital in Houston in 2011 and I always wondered what he meant because he wanted to keep, he, he was going to write till he, he shuffled off this mortal coil and he couldn't write anymore. But his last words were capitalism downfall. Isn't that interesting? Capitalism downfall. What does that mean? I don't know. But he certainly could have been thinking about where, where capitalism was headed. You know, after the 2008 bailouts, after the uh, TARP money, you know, going into 2011, 2011 was when gold hit its first, you know, real all-time high, breaking into the close to 2000 mark. And the Fed came in and calmed everybody down and said, don't worry, don't be, don't buy gold get out of this deal. You know, you, you can you trust our currencies. We'll never do that again. We'll never bail out again. <laughs> you know what the debt of the U.S. was? In 2011, it was 10.5 trillion. You know what it is now? It's over 30. So they did, and they broke their promises because they have to, because the entire U.S. economy is built 
on debt. It's built on cheap uh, currency and currency creation of debt itself. And this kind of goes back to my point, which is you're going to continue to see market losses for these companies, and they're going to continue to do the woke stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and man, the the paid-for ads these days, I just... I, it's it melts my brain like i i i'm everything is like you know are you we're even febreze like there was a febreze commercial on pride it's like you're reaching like what is that what does that even mean like there's just every company has to have a pride commercial i think david knight thanked me because i sponsor his program and he says tony hasn't made me do any pride stuff no we don't we're not going to make you do any of that such a strange, such a strange time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get anything else out of this article. Uh, reality check. Markets and consumers are fickle. The stocks and market value of all three companies have fluctuated and somewhat rebounded since facing an initial backlash, which was my point. Uh, they will always get bailed out. Many companies celebrate pride by changing their logos, sponsoring celebrations, and offering them themed products. While these corporate statements have been broadly accepted for years, the intensifying culture war may take companies more valuable or more vulnerable, make them more vulnerable to backlash. While conservatives attempt to inflict economic consequences on companies that are more vocally supportive of transgender rights, progressives will expect brands to be inclusive and will boycott the, to minimize their LGBTQ plus support. The bottom line, the largely symbolic gestures companies showing during Pride Month are morphing into business and financial risk, with the reaction from the left and the right leading to unpredictable companies. And no company is safe from the ricochet. That's from Axios. Again, they're missing the point. The point is, this is a social engineering project from the top through corporations and this is a plan and they are not at all worried about their market losses because the mark for them the losses would be even greater if they decided to stand alone and not be involved at all and just be neutral and worry about serving their customers which is what they should do right any kind of sane rational uh capitalistic society would do that but we're not that anymore we've adopted all 10 planks of the communist manifesto i've read that many times one of them being I think, I think plank number five from Karl Marx was a central bank. Price controls, you know, property rights, all that. We're just, we're just adopting them as fast as we can. All right, let's go to the Rockfin chat. I haven't talked to my folks over here on the, live on the Rockfin chat in forever. Yeah, if you go to the America Unplugged channel on Rockfin, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me. Uh, and I should be here uh, a lot more often on Fridays. Uh, just, I think things are finally stabilizing somewhat. I've set up the shop in Denison, uh, in Denison, Texas. And uh, my son, Houston, and I, we've got a house there. We've got a house from the 1940s. We're fixing it up. It's in downtown. So the Arterburn boys will will have a place there in downtown. Is, you know, and I've I'm pretty much got it done. Uh, so I'll be able to drive from here in Branson when I do my rotations and just go to a house. And that way I've, I'm not like living out of a bag anymore. All that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got Patrick S in the chat. And of course, uh, I saw that, uh, 
Rhonda Tate is here. Thank you, Rhonda, for um, joining the show. Always uh, means a lot. Frank Matei. I haven't seen Frank in a while. Everybody's, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And just uh, Steve Swan says, I just found you on Rockfin. Well, thank you. Now, usually my Friday shows and I go out on terrestrial radio on, on 930 AM, The Answer, uh, San Antonio. Uh, I go out on Worldwide Christian Radio. Uh, and uh, that gets a, a rebroadcast around 7 p.m. So, yeah, this is, the, this is where you find me live. I was going to tell everybody, too, kind of midway through the show, we got so much cool stuff going on uh, with Wolfpack. And if you're in the market, you're thinking, how do you protect yourself from de-dollarization? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show. But how, how do you protect yourself? Well, one of the ways you can do that is precious metals. I just happen to be in that business. You can go to uh, wisewolf.gold or wolfpack.gold. There's a tab on there. You can check out our membership program, and it's just a monthly set it and forget it. It starts at low as $50 a month. You can go all the way up to 1000 We're about to add something else on top of that. Uh, you can go all the way up to 1000 and it's just automatic, and we pick your precious metals for you. A lot of times we're saving you um, a pretty good chunk of change because of the way that we buy the products, and we've got uh, – we're getting close to 800 members all over the country. Uh, it's nationwide, and we're it's you know within two or three days of your of your billing, you're getting a uh, a tracking number for your shipment. And uh, anyway, we're just really proud of it. So if you're looking to buy some precious metals, it's a it's a a niche way to do that, right? And uh, and we'd love to have you. The more people that join, the stronger that we get. And of course, we have direct sales too with Wise Wolf. You can I have no minimum. You know, you want to get out of the a Luciferian bankster note, you want to turn your fiat currency into real money, it doesn't matter how much you have, we'll do that for you. And you can go to wisewolf.gold and you, we've got two locations to serve you in in, uh, in the third dimension, <laughs> bricks and mortar. And we also, you know, we have our toll-free numbers. You can call us. I don't care where you are. As long as you're in the continental United States, I can help you. All right. Um, or actually, no, you can you still be, you know, Alaska and you can be in Hawaii. Let's see. Um, I'm going to jump on the next story here. I, there's so much to choose from, and I try to, I try to find the most interesting signposts. But let's let's talk a little foreign policy. This is antiwar.com, and again, this kind of goes back to when I tell you to look at the headlines and then ask what actually is going on. This is what's going on. Uh, General Milley predicts a long, very violent Ukrainian counteroffensive. Milley and Austin led a meeting of military officials in Brussels on Thursday. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, predicted Thursday that Ukraine's counteroffensive will be long and, quote, very violent following a meeting of military officials. Milley made the comments when asked how he expects the counteroffensive to last, saying it was premature to put a timeline on the battle. This is a very difficult fight. It's a very violent fight, and it will likely take a considerable amount of time and high cost. The Biden administration has been pushing for a violent counteroffensive as it explicitly ex opposed uh, to a ceasefire and peace talks. You see that? It is opposed to peace talks. 
It's opposed to a ceasefire. I don't know of almost any other historical example where there hasn't been an off-ramp for peace. And I've been studying geopolitics and foreign policy and lived through that and the small, small part that I've played in three foreign wars. I've never seen where you didn't have an off-ramp. They are not, they purposely don't have one. They just ripped the knob off and said, go, right? Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. There's nothing here for peace, which is why I've been, I go back to it, I know, and I, I harp on it, but this is a huge thing. They're, they're doing something here. They're building something, either a kinetic distraction, or they really are trying to get a first strike scenario, some, some kind of, some, they, want, they want Russia to act. They were able to get that uh, invasion, which I think is what they always wanted, uh, you know, that violation, that aggression by Russia into Ukraine. And if you don't know the history, it looks like it's madness, but it's not, you know, it's, it's a, and again, I'm not, I'm not a Russophile. I don't, I, that's not my country, right? I'm not, I'm just saying, if you know history and you know what's happened, you know, what's led up, you know, about the aggression, especially from the Obama administration, you know, about the, the coup d'etat that took place in 2014, where the democratically elected leader of Ukraine had to flee and go to Russia. And then we installed through our people and our puppets, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the leader that would be most agreeable to the West. And that's where you get like, you know, the Burisma and the Bidens and, uh, Joe Biden, you know, talking about, uh, you're going to cut off the funding unless they stop the prosecutor and saying that at the council on foreign relations, like, don't look into this, you know, well, and he says, well, son of a B remember. They, they, uh, they turned, they fired him. They fired the prosecutors. I didn't give him the billion dollars when he was vice president. I mean, a clear high crime, right? He says it at the council on foreign relations of all places. And, uh, I think, they, I think they impeached Donald Trump for a crime that actually Joe Biden really did in real life and did on video. But, uh, but that's what this has all been about is this, it's, uh, it's a corruption kitty. They go back to the well every single time, right? They use Ukraine to launder money. They use Ukraine. Uh, to bolster the expansion of NATO, right? Which was a promise that Secretary of State James Baker made to Gorbachev verbally on behalf of the people of the United States that we would not expand NATO if they withdrew after the collapse of the Soviet Union, if they would withdrew, withdraw their, their Soviet forces inside the, the borders of Russia, that we would not expand NATO. And they, they disbanded the Warsaw Pact and we expanded NATO in their face. And it's a, I mean, it's a clear violation of an agreement that we had. And then we're putting bio labs and sophisticated weapons systems and doing coup d'etat right on their border. I mean, if this was China messing with the internal politics of Mexico and parking weapons there, we would be justified in having a military buildup and possibly striking them to get them out of our hemisphere. We have something in, in this country called the Monroe Doctrine. I know I'm talking way outside of the league of the uh, teleprompter reading hairdo dead sold automaton uh, newscasters, right? They don't have to think like this, but we have something called the Monroe doctrines. No, it's not named after Marilyn Monroe. It's, it's James Monroe. It's the, it's the you know, former president of the United States. This was a foreign policy move 
This was the really the beginning of America's real foreign policy, which it said, don't colonize our hemisphere. That's it. That was our foreign policy. You know, don't European powers should not be here colonizing our hemisphere, stay out of our hemisphere. And then you had the tradition of, you know, Washington saying that to avoid foreign entanglements, uh, Thomas Jefferson, you know, peace, commerce, and honest friendship. John Quincy Adams saying that the United States was not designed to go in broad search of monsters to destroy on and on and on. It's not our tradition to be involved somewhere else. We're a republic, not an empire. And again, I agree with the Monroe Doctrine. You know, we'll, this is our hemisphere. Like we're the, the player here. We're the, we're the big boys on the block, right? We're going to create a republic, sea to shining sea. Don't come here and colonize it. And I think that should have been the way we, you know, used our, flexed our military might and stayed out of things like the Philippines and stayed out of the, uh, you know, st stayed out of the foreign wars of the 20th century. But we didn't. And now we've pushed all the way up under the borders of Russia. And it's not going to end well unless some miracle happens and we are able to get, <laughs> I was talking about earlier about Operation Northwoods. Now think about the psychopathic mind because most of us aren't psychopaths, right? You, you, have to, you have to take a step back and start trying to think like them, like a deep state degenerate. You have to start thinking like them. And they actually came up with a plan, which should tell you a lot. This is an official memorandum where they were going to create false flags, blow things up, hijack planes, blow them up, and blame it on Cuba so we'd have a justification to invade. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and so do you think things got better? Do you think they're, they're better people now? Like they're just more moral and they're smarter and they're, they're going to be held more accountable? I mean, didn't General Milley pick up the phone and call China and tell them that Trump's not in charge of the military <laughs> after the 2020 election? I'm pretty sure, right? Like we're not going to allow, we're not going to, it's okay. Don't worry about anything. We, we just want to let you know nothing's going to happen. Uh, we're not gonna allow, we're not gonna allow any strikes we you know don't worry about it what always got me with millie though and i thought it was the most blatantly intellectually lazy thing i've ever seen in my life and no one called him on it because it just sounded like it was plausible but you know he went before congress and he talked about how you know this is after the january 6th uh deal the uh where the <laughs> the gates were open the the tour guides were were on on staff and letting in uh, the QAnon shaman and all the unfortunate people that are still jailed because of it, because Trump said go there. And so you had Millie comes out and he says, "Well, you know, I, I'm I had to read uh, Karl Marx and Mao Zedong and all. You know, we 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 read all these books. It, it didn't radicalize us. And you know, he's talking about politics. But then he says something really interesting." He says, uh, we almost lost our constitution. The constitution was almost overthrown <laughs> because in this building, we almost lost this building. Like the, like the occupiers, if they would have stayed, you know, after the tour guides, uh, left or whatever, if they would have stayed inside the building, the, the talking about the Capitol, when we almost lost our constitution in this building. And if you think about it for more than 30 seconds with a rational mind, that's the biggest load of garbage I've ever heard in my life. What does that even mean? There's no power in a building. He knows this. <laughs> he studies strategy. I mean, he's a four-star general. What, 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 where is that? 
mean, you're just coming up with why, if that's the case, then why didn't we just march into Baghdad with no weapons and go occupy government buildings and say, hooray, we won. Nobody cares what building you're in. That's the dumbest thing. I And, and the media just said, yes, we truly almost lost our democracy. Almost, lo almost lost the constitution because of unarmed people with a Buffalo hat. And this is what I'm talking about. Like that same kind of person who's going before the American people and trumping up that threat and then saying that we almost lost the country <laughs> because of a building. There's no power in a building. It, it's who controls the codes, who, who controls the military, who controls the surveillance, who controls the weaponry, who controls the troop movements, who controls intelligence. There is no power in a building, period. And it's silly. But no one called him on it because it's just, oh, yeah, there's, there's lots of power. We almost lost the democracy. QAnon Shaman was almost president. I mean, just, just laughable. And these are the same people that are just, I mean, we're just marching headlong like a zombie into Armageddon. And this is your general, ladies and gentlemen, General Milley. It's, he's head, head of the forces. It, I, I don't know. If, uh, if I didn't know for sure, like you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I, that that this is reality, but I don't know. I I question it sometimes. I was talking to Billy Ray about that. You go listen to the latest Paratruth. It's just me and Billy, Billy Ray Valentine, uh, talking about just how crazy everything is. Like if, you know, if you didn't know better, you think you're in a simulation of some kind. It's so dumb and it's so dangerous. And uh, if I go back, I think on on antiwar.com. There is a, there's another blurb here that I, I wanted to, maybe they've removed it so far. Now they may have removed it uh, and, and dropped it down. There was another, oh, this was U.S. lawmakers give a uh, bill to give Russian central bank assets to Ukraine. <laughs> so that's not an act of war. Again, these are accelerating things. These are continuation of the tensions. It's not getting better. And the, um, the timeline, too, of the, uh, the, the weaponry and the planes, I think it's the F-22s, whatever we're going to give them, um, it takes about nine months for them to learn how to use them. And, and I think that's what they're developing. I think they're, we're just biding time to get a, uh, a certain amount of forces uh, trained up and get our weaponry there, and I think we're going to do that. And that's... God help us. That is a really, really, really terrible, terrible thing. All right. A couple more stories to, to cover, and then we'll get you guys out of here. It's good to be back. I'm, I'm, I miss my studio, and uh, I miss my support group. I mean, what am I supposed to do without you guys? I, a lot of people go to therapy, or they talk to some, which is good. I mean, especially in today's time, keep your mental and spiritual health uh, you want that 100%, we got to, you got to be in the battle. You got to have everything right. And, uh, a lot of people do that. I just go on air and talk to, to people around the globe and all the people on my podcast. And it means a lot that you tune in for some of these stream of consciousness shows. I've been really busy, uh, but we got some great stuff coming up. Um, I may have a paratruther for next week that you're really going to like, um, just throwing out some ideas. Uh, last night uh, with Mr. Anderson, and I may I may have something for you. All right, uh, let's do let's do this dollar paradox a little bit on this dollar paradox. I've talked to you about gold 
Um, Jim Rickards, who used to be uh, working in this financial sector of the Central Intelligence Agency, kind of monitoring what's happening globally, he's wrote written a bunch on gold and currency wars. And there's a the interesting piece he put out on Zero Hedge. He says, you see it in publications from the New York Times to The Economist and the financial media, including CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. The idea that countries around the world are preparing to ditch the dollar, this takes many forms, including efforts by China to pay for imported oil from Saudi Arabia and UAE with Yuan, and major bilateral agreement between China and Brazil that allows each country to pay for exports from the others using their local currencies. Russia got into the act by agreeing to receive rupees for oil delivered to India and paying for imports from China with rubles. All these efforts will be converging and coming to a head in late August when the BRICS nations, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and many other invited countries, meet to announce new BRICS currency linked to gold. This is coming in August. The dollar has been strong lately. And he's, I expected to get stronger. This is Rickards. He says, what gives? How can the dollar under global attack, how can it be under global attack and yet be strong at the same time? And he says, strong compared to what? The answer is found in the way that you measure the value in currency. And again, it's just because it's the term Tina, right? There is no alternative. Because there is no alternative and because we've had higher interest rates and it doesn't look like you have massive interest rates yet, the reason that is is because Powell has moved interest rates, Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, has moved interest rates faster than any other Fed chairman in history. And people think about the 1970s and early 80s with Paul Volcker raising stuff to raising interest rates into like 17% to curtail inflation after Nixon took us off the gold standard. But they've they have again, and this is something I've talked about, I thought for sure. They were going to put the U.S. economy secondary, let a lot, let big sectors of that start to have a have a meltdown, starting with the banking sector, and they they would keep the strong dollar because it's about the the world's reserve currency status is what keeps the dollar, uh, what keeps the Ponzi scheme alive. It's what keeps the it's the lifeblood of the American empire. It's the lifeblood of really every part of the of uh, the ruling elite of Western civilization goes back to dollar domination and they're losing that. So they've kept a strong dollar even while they're watching the U S economy that needs the injections of cheap cash. They're putting that second. And there's a reason for that. And it really comes down to the, uh, the trend is what's happening with the BRICS nations and why this is going to get strange. And it's something that I really thought was brilliant by this article in, by Rickards. He says, uh, and this is the, the golden ruler. He says that there's, uh, there is some way to tell if the dollar is actually getting stronger or weaker without making reference to reserve currencies or EM currencies. The answer is gold. Think of gold as a ruler that measures dollar strength and weakness. Gold is not a currency. And the comparison is made by weight of gold, not currency to currency. When the dollar price of gold is lower, the dollar is stronger and vice versa. But this is the key. Listen to this. But the new BRICS currency may throw a monkey wrench into this market by linking itself to gold. In that case, Russia and China will have a strong interest in higher gold prices 
because that means the BRICS plus currency will be worth more and that may trigger the decline of the dollar. See, I hadn't thought of that. When the BRICS nations get together and link their currency to gold, they will have a vested interest in making the price of gold higher. And when the price of gold goes higher, the dollar, it looks weaker and is weaker in comparison as it continues to get dumped by, by entities, especially central banks, who want to house value. This is huge. And the reason why there's been a constant war of the central bank in the United States and European central banks against gold since Bretton Woods. Really, they don't, and I'm, I'm going to read you a little bit more. There's a war to keep gold down, to keep silver down, because the dollar competes with gold. I want to read uh, just the last part of this article, and this is what, I, and I, I'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, the, this is uh, in 1950, the United States held about 20,000 metric tons of gold. By 1970, the U.S. gold hoard had shrunk to 9,000 metric tons. That gold did not disappear. It was delivered to Germany, France, Italy, Japan, and other trading partners to cover U.S. trade deficits under the old gold standard. Beginning in 1970, gold held by central banks and finance ministries declined significantly. The U.S. sold 1,000 tons between 1970 and 1980 and encouraged the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, to sell about 1,000 tons. And it also failed to suppress the price of gold. So again, they were trying to keep the price suppressed. After 1980, the U.S. did not sell any more gold, but encouraged the U.K. to sell over 300 tons in 1999. Then Switzerland sold 1,000 tons between 2000 and 2010. The IMF sold 400 tons in 2010. All of these efforts to suppress gold prices ultimately failed. Gold hit an all-time high of 1950 per ounce in 2011. That record was surpassed in recent years in 2060 per ounce in 2020. I was hosting David Knight's show on InfoWars Live when it did that, by the way. It says, finally, in 2009, central banks threw in the towel and became net buyers of gold bullion. So you see the trend after the Great Recession, the TARP bailouts, the, all of that that happened in 2008, 2009, the, the script has been flipped. The U.S., now listen to this. The U.S. has not increased its holdings since the 1950s, nor have other major gold holders such as France and Italy it, uh, increased. The increases are in Russia, China, Vietnam, Mexico, and many other emerging countries. Why? Because the purchases of gold drive the price up and gold competes with the dollar, right? This is a, they're, they're at war. This is a, the, the, after the separation in August 15th, 1971, that became a direct competitor to the U.S. dollar. The hegemonic dominance of the U.S. dollar was challenged by physical gold. And that's why central banks are buying it. The writing's on the wall. and so. When Rickards is talking about the BRICS nations linking their currency to gold, that should be the headline on Drudge. That should be the, that should be uh, you know red alert all over the place. Check this out because it's going to mean a shift, a historical shift like we've never seen. We've never witnessed the the death of having the world's reserve currency. We've never experienced that. 
we became the world's reserve currency in 1944 in Bretton Woods, you know, right, right before the downfall of the Third Reich and Tojo's Japan. And we became the, the new economic world order was born out of that. The IMF was born out of that. Right? World Bank. The uh, linkage of uh, gold, $35 an ounce. That lasted until 1971 because if you read in this article, we had to start selling off our gold because we had overspent. We had devalued our currency. We had, we had overpromised. We, you know, the, we had to have the guns and butter. We had to have the war in Vietnam. The Mekong, what is it? The Great Society on the Mekong, according to LBJ, who <laughs> later got echoed by George W. Bush for democratizing mankind. All right, big stuff is happening, folks. And uh, I wasn't able to get to all the all the stories I wanted to get to today, but it's been great to, to be back. Good to see all of you. And uh, be sure and subscribe to the channel, anywhere podcasts are found. Paratruth, their Arterburn Radio transmission. Go to arterburn.news and, and, uh, and subscribe because I'm going to be sending out some, some news uh, and some updates on the channel and stuff real soon. I'm working behind the scenes. I really am. I know it seems like it's slow motion. Billy Ray Valentine and myself are working on a conference uh, around the uh, time frame of nine 11 coming up for a, uh, uh, some great speakers and uh, an event uh, in September around the ninth. Uh, so stay tuned for more information on that. I'm really excited about that. I'll be, I'll be in New York city. So that's going to be great. Uh, lots of stuff going on with wise wolf. Uh, you know, we've got storable food uh, and uh, the folks at My Patriot Supply, uh, preparewithart.com. Go go check out, you know, uh, have some storable food, water filtration, all that good. It's just good to be prepared in general, especially when you get headlines like this. But it's uh, it's great to be back. I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, I'll be back next week for myself and Beans the Brave. Take care of each other. End of transmission.